in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the CEO Raider podcast. Check us out online at ceorader.com. If you like the podcast, leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. I wanted to talk about share buybacks, share repurchases, stock buybacks today, corporate buybacks. If you don't know what they are and you want to look it up and to, to get the, the granular detail behind it, feel free to do so at a high level. It's when a, a company, a board of directors, gives the management team the authorization to deploy cash on the balance sheet to purchase the company's shares on the, on the open market and reduce the, the shares outstanding. And you do that to mitigate dilution that you may have as you issue stock options. You do that if you think the, the, the stock is cheap. There are a number of reasons why you would issue a stock buyback or a share repurchase program. They're the same thing. Sometimes they're referred to by different names. I'm, I'm generally not a fan. And they've just become sort of status quo since maybe 2010, 2011. And I know why investors like them. Investors like them because you're an analyst or a PM. You can go to your chief investment officer or if you're an analyst, you can go to your PM and say, hey, XYZ stock is reasonably priced or it's just flat out cheap. And then they have this share buyback, which sort of puts a, not that it puts a floor on the stock, but it reduces your downside risk if you're an investor in the near term. It reduces your downside risk in the near term. That's why investors like it. Provides more certainty around the downside in the near term. And the reason why I say the near term is because for every dollar you deploy in a, in a share buyback, you're not deploying it back into the business. You're not investing, particularly with technology companies, is where you see this a lot, but it's especially important within technology companies because the name of the game in technology, and I've learned this doubly after spending the past few years here at Scapere slash CEO Raider, it's ultra important to keep the product fresh. And it doesn't matter if you're a, a small startup like, like us or if you're a large cap company like Oracle. You've got to keep the product fresh. You've got to think outside the box. You've got to exercise creativity. Oracle sort of missed the game on AI. They missed the game on cloud. They're getting back some of what they lost through M&A, but they've missed the boat, as have a lot of other companies. And so today, you know, they reported earnings and they talked about how the board authorized an additional $12 billion to its share repurchase program. For $12 billion, you could go out and buy FactSet, or you could acquire Jack Henry, or you could acquire CoStar Group. FactSet would give you Oracle more of a presence within the capital markets. Jack Henry would give you more of a footprint within the banking business. CoStar would give you a footprint in commercial real estate. So if you're Oracle, you've done a bunch of M&A throughout the early 2000s, the mid-2000s, even right through today. Some of the deals are more sizable, like PeopleSoft, in terms of the companies they acquired, Siebel. Some of the companies were smaller, and it was more about bringing on technology that could accelerate Oracle's effort in a particular area. I would argue that much of what Oracle has acquired, this is true of SAP as well, have been horizontal in nature. Acquisitions that have provided a boost in the CRM space, for example, or Salesforce automation as it used to be referred to. 
acquisitions that were that that provided a footprint in HRMS. Today, it's typically referred to as HCM and Human Capital Management, but the PeopleSoft acquisition back in 2004. So Oracle's acquired a, a bunch of companies that have furthered the effort as it relates to horizontal applications. Let's describe it that way. But I can't think of much that they've done, and I know they've done some. They did one in the utility space a couple of years ago. They acquired a private company that was used uh, for utilities management, and I forget the name of the company. But they haven't done much in the what I would call the, the vertical acquisition category, acquiring companies that would that would further Oracle's efforts in a particular vertical. And I think it's important, certainly long before you become Oracle size, if you're a big platform player within enterprise software, so that would be Oracle, SAP. You could even say Microsoft's there because they're in the enterprise. Google's going there with their G Suite effort. But if enterprise software is a big initiative, at some point you've got to go big in terms of your investment in acquiring and or building organically domain expertise, whether it's the financial services domain and or the energy domain and or the commercial real estate domain, the insurance domain, you know, pick a domain. There are a bunch of companies out there that could accelerate your efforts. And they're good companies. And some of them have older technology platforms, but they're not irrelevant. And I don't think that distributed blockchain networks are going to necessarily make a company like Jack Henry irrelevant. Commercial real estate, I can't think of anybody that's done an enormous amount of work in that space in terms of data other than CoStar. CoStar has acquired most everybody in that space. And you've got companies like Autodesk and Building Engines that have building information management platforms, BIM. But if you want a margin-rich information-rich footprint in commercial real estate, CoStar is the play. If you want a footprint in insurance, you could play with Solera. You could play with any of Solera's competitors, Veris, Mitchell. I'm not going to go through the list, but there's, there's a whole bunch of software slash information services slash fintech companies across a number of different verticals that would be margin accretive, at worst for the most part margin neutral, that would give the acquirer, let's stick with Oracle in this hypothetical scenario, would give Oracle a real edge. I mean, can you imagine if Oracle strung together a series of deals and in financial services if they picked off Fidelity? Not fidelity, not not uh, fidelity investments, but FIS. If they picked off um, Fiserv, if they picked off First Data, if they picked off Jack Henry, if they picked off on the low end bottom line technologies, there's a whole bunch of other companies that have newer platforms than those I just ticked off. You would own the banking vertical. Can you imagine if Oracle picked off Factset, Bloomberg? IHS market, MSCI, some combination thereof, all of the above over time, they would own the capital markets vertical. Throw Thomson Reuters in there. Or how about if they picked off Solera, IHS, and made an effort to carve out Cox Automotive. They would absolutely own the auto space outside of any work the auto OEMs did on their own. 
And there's no reason why Oracle couldn't cozy up to them either as those companies push further into the autonomous space, right? Because presumably those OEMs, all that autonomous data, they're probably going to put in somebody's cloud. Apple probably leaves it in its own. Tesla puts it somewhere. And the other auto OEMs are going to you know, put it somewhere as well. It's got to be AWS or Google's cloud or Oracle's cloud. It's got to go somewhere. The other thing, the other thing I don't like about share buybacks, it, it gives sort of these short-termer, these short-term investors a way out. So they play in the stock for six or twelve months, and you know they just they exit as the company is executing its buyback. But there are, are a ton of companies, and you don't have to be Oracle size. You could execute an effective. M&A strategy and acquire quality companies, public and private, if you're half of Oracle size. But there's no reason to be executing a, a 12, like I can't remember what the exact number is, the total share buyback allotment. That was just increased by 12. But let's just focus on the, on the, on the 12 billion piece. That's enormous unto itself. Because you're implicitly telling the market you have nothing better to invest in, whether it's organically or through M&A. Therefore, you're going to buy back stock. And I know how it works is I participated in one, right? You, you, you're, you're telling investors, hey, we're going to uh, execute M&A. We're going to uh, invest organically. We're going to buy back stock. So it's not that the share buyback is the only thing you're doing, but to be doing it at all, it's just it's a poor use of capital. You're effectively a bank. I mean, investors aren't paying aren't paying you to be a bank. They're paying you to invest. They're paying you for growth. You're a freaking technology company, not a utility bond, not a muni bond, not a utility company, not a muni bond. Anyway, that's all for today. Have a great weekend. <laughs>